Uh, Siri leverages machine learning techniques, deep neural networks, convolutional neural networks, long-term, long, short-term memory units, gated recurrent units, n-grams, whatever that means. It still doesn't do anything. (laughs) I've never once had it do anything I wanted it to do, so... Welcome back to the Engineering Podcast. I'm Adam. I'm Brian. So, first thing I think we got to do is welcome the new... We have made middling attempts to track analytics where we can and see that, you know, how we're doing as a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And we're seeing growth, which is cool. That means there's new people checking us out. So, welcome to to all the new peeps and uh, especially the ones helping us out on uh, Patreon. Um, if you're interested in throwing us just like a single book, we're on a platform called Patreon, which will explain itself to you if you go to patreon.com. We have an episode about what, what it is. And, and we stuff. will explain it to you if you listen to our episode, I think 22. Uh, it's yeah. called On Patreon. Um, and other. But it's a killer way to help us out. And I am now putting the part where I talk about it at the beginning. Because I don't trust you to stick around till the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you sign up there even for a dollar, you also get into our Facebook. We have a secret Facebook group where we have considerably less restrained conversations about things. We do? Um, we do. I keep yeah. tagging you. <laughs> I mean that shit. I, okay. I have considerably <laughs> less restrained conversations with people. <laughs> I chat on Facebook all the time with you and some of our friends who are listeners i think no uh, so this is our first one in a little while um that's just us i feel like we've been killing the guest game but then i'm also kind of just like man i want to I just talk to brian about some shit so here it is yeah, we got some we got lots of guest episodes lined up at the moment there's lots lots but, happening. Uh, how's how's shit man how you been planning a wedding how's that treating you uh i think we've done the hardest part already which was negotiating the guest list that was just awkward and uncomfortable and i didn't enjoy it it's tough man there's so much weird politics i'd never take it personally when i'm not invited to a wedding yeah i certainly uh i don't think i do either but i certainly won't (laughs) from here on out our answer was to invite almost no one (laughs) i think your answer was great we almost did that too it's i'm 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 saddened but also like emboldened and happy and excited for people who are just like fuck this i'm just gonna go sign some papers and be married yeah it's Um, it's very like we you were there you were my best man we did um, (laughs) it's a very minimal ceremony but it really was the product of having the whole process be like okay as soon as we're bummed out by a stressful decision we're just gonna not do that thing (laughs) (laughs) I think it worked pretty well, um, which is funny because I feel like that attitude kicks back on what I was just talking about with our middling analytics stuff. It's like we put in just enough work on promotion and analytics that, we, that we're like, okay, this stopped being fun. That's our threshold. That's been a good <laughs> approach to the podcast. I think that's the sole reason that this has been our most successful uh, like artistic project together because – as soon as one of us doesn't want to do something, we're like, no, fuck you, man. I'm not going to do that. So much other shit to deal with. I can't. It's, yeah. I'm tired. This is not. Yeah. I, I really like just talking at you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I got to stick with. Oh, the back. Pain. Okay. So this week we're, we're going deep. We're going so deep 
that we're probably going to have to split this into like a three-parter. A three-part series. The first and of three parts. The topic is broadly artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we have, we've, we've continued to avoid it because it, like the place we kept ending up with the first season of like everything's connected, dude. Uh, <laughs> like it, it's a part of the next step that makes that conversation so philosophically, mind blowingly difficult to have that yeah. it that it like that every time we talk about it, it affects like we have a document where we keep our mission statement for this engineering podcast. And every time we talk about AI, that document gets altered. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like that's, that's a metaphor for the whole, like that's what's coming. Like you can't consider all of the possibilities that fit under the heading of AI without this, without like, how do you adapt your life to get ready for it or to cope with it or to coexist with it. <laughs> well, this is an interesting, this is such a prolific topic because of the time period for our species, like our society, our technology right now. Like a hundred years ago, artificial intelligence and like robots and computers, they were just fantasy, right? We, we were like deep in the industrial revolution and computers, ah, what are these things? 25 years ago, it was like science fiction. It was everything. Right. It was Star Trek. It was Star Wars. Everyone's like, huh, there's, these are some really neat ideas. Like, look at these cool spaceships and like a, a fucking right. thing that looks like a moon that shoots a laser beam and blows up a planet. And like 25 before that, it was the oven of the future will prepare your pizza for you. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> but like today, it's game over, man. Cars are driving themselves. Computers are figuring out everything for us. We talk to like one of 15 devices in our house and it does things for us. Like we are on that path and it's, it's happening. Terminators are flying around, right? you know? So, so I think the way we break this up is to kind of chase that timeline so that we can end with Terminators. Partially because I just want to keep teasing Terminators. <laughs> We're teasing it until about it. <laughs> Arnold has a break in his schedule. He's tried to tried to team up with us a bunch of times, but he keeps having things pop up. I, I don't. I've been tweeting at him. <laughs> so I think I think the first place to start is it's it's almost it's like stereotypical for me at this point, but it's like I want to back it up to like cave cave paintings, right? Like. Yeah you get to this really complicated place. And so you sort of have to back the whole thing all the way up to like, what, what, how did we get to where we are now? So that then we can talk about what's happening now. And then we can talk about terminators. We can start there, but I think this, I think this arguably goes back to like the beginning of time. So I like that because it keeps it in this realm of like, we're humans and we're thinking about intelligence and, and relative to ourselves. So that's okay. We'll start with cavemen. And women, cave women too, cave people. Oh, thank you, cave people. <laughs> cave people. <laughs> um, well, so does that does that go too far? Do we need to start from more of a thing of like, what do you? Yeah. What do you? What do you? Th- okay, so so I think the first <laughs> thing to start for people's cognitive bias, right? Which incidentally, we're going to do a whole separate episode on later. Oh, like teaser, so, teaser. So if you step out of 
if you step out of your understanding of how Siri works as an engineer, mm-hmm. what, what, what's your, what do you think of when you think of artificial intelligence of AI? Um, I mean, my head goes a lot of places, but I think the obvious place that is one of those that I think is a lot of people is I picture like the robots from movies that look like humans and can talk to you, but you know, they're a robot cause they have like a robot body. Like that's the place that I think that's so, like data. Uh, yeah. Data like Harrison Ford and Blade Runner. Uh, the spoiler alert. Yeah. I think, I think that, I think that's what a lot of people think of. And that's, that's one of the places my head goes like a, a person thing thing that talks to me well and so then i think from there you got to go okay well that's part three right like part three is we've caught up to the capacity to do things that humans do and what's after it i i think the error in that thought my thought when i think of like robots that can talk to me and hang out and like impersonate humans like pass the turing test the error there is that that's a very specific type of artificial intelligence. That is like a fake human. That is an artificial human. That's artificial human intelligence, which is an un... That's like a the future of computing, kind of. It's like something okay. that doesn't really exist. It's not really a thing. It's way more complicated. Well, it's it's way more complicated because it's a it's like this idea that like, oh, I have a brain and it does things, right? It's like linear and incorrect like your whole body including your brain is just a a collection of all of these different super complicated processes that are happening on an ongoing basis and they're going all sorts of different directions and doing all kinds of different stuff and so i think what tracks us up to getting to replicate that like you were just saying like on such a level that it's like data from star trek like you we the history of AI, the, the story of how we get up to where we are now, is the story of figuring out pieces of that process incrementally and building a machine that's really good at the piece of that process, right? Like a calculator, right? Back it up to calculators, right? Like you wouldn't think of a calculator as artificial intelligence, but it is. Like it knows how to do a thing that otherwise you don't really do unless you have a brain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that we, we looked up before this, like the actual definition of artificial intelligence, like in the dictionary or something, but it's a pretty disputed topic. And it's also like widely open for interpretation. Right. Um, so I think the place we should go here with with this a little bit as because we want to do kind of like what what is the history here? What is this? What is this thing? And kind of where are we now? It's there's this long history of beings and creatures. Also- what the fuck is intelligence? Like, what do we even, I mean, I, I feel like we have to try to have the conversation and the <laughs> listeners should try to think about this without even like, let's not say artificial intelligence anymore because what okay, is it? That's a great mean? way to do this. What's artificial? What's intelligence? Like I right. think by treading on those concepts is how we end up off the cliff of philosophical conversation. That's a great point. To a the place that's the like, name in and of itself has two like impossibly complex philosophical terms uh, used to describe it, which I think is, is an important aspect of the thing itself. Like the concept of artificial intelligence is very complicated. It is like at the core of all the big questions in the universe. Who are we? Where do we come from? What are we doing here? How do we know that we're here? But so let's back it up. So so calculators 
Kate, I thought we were going to cavemen. You would call calculator. Uh, well, a calculator is calculator is a good one to go to right it's now. It's easy to get your head around as yeah. oh yeah, that's intelligence, right? But how much yeah. further would you back it up? Well, let's talk about a calculator just for a second before we go further back. It's uh, the part of me that wants to say a calculator is artificial intelligence is because we're like offloading something to it, something that's complicated and hard that like doesn't necessarily otherwise get done cognitive that. process. Is yeah, and it, off, something off-loaded. that like it's not like uh, uh, it's not like dogs are writing down math equations and doing calculus. Like you can definitely argue that math is being done in nature in an, like it certainly is being done in nature, but not in the same way. Like this purposeful, like hey, I choose to do some some addition right now. Right. So we're like offloading that task. It does it faster than us. It does it more efficiently. It does a lot of math that I can't do. Uh, that kind of thing. Like you can like abstract difficult math and have it do parts of it. So like in it's absolutely artificial intelligence. It stores variables for you, that kind of thing. So that's an easy one. Okay. Let's go further back. So then would you call an abacus artificial intelligence Definitely. or Definitely. just a tool for, I mean, I guess it would be artificial. This relates to last week's conversation like with it. Alan, right? Because it's, it's, it's intelligent in the sense that it has organized a tool of notation for you in such a way that you can much more quickly count things. Yeah, it's an interesting... I like this game, by the way. This is a good bit to like go so, backwards. Yeah, I said absolutely right away because I was like, oh, it's just a calculator. But it's a little different. You have to make it do the thing. Right. So you're Whereas a calculator, still... you can you like put some variables in and hit enter, but then it does a bunch of steps itself. You instigate an action, it does all the steps, right? In Abacus, you have to you have to instigate every single action but it but, still does some steps because of its structure right, right? so i so would argue that you're still offloading some intelligence because you're not making you're not having to teach every single person you sit down to teach a certain way to count quickly you're not having to teach them and if you stack it up this way and then this way and then this way and then this way you can just flick the beans and then you count much faster right, right. they're offloading that into a thing where you're just like plunk learn how to use this you'll save some time I don't really know how an abacus works. I can kind of picture sort of what one looks like, but it's, I think uh, abacus um, is just for counting. But yeah, I think okay. so. Uh, slide okay. rule is something different, but I completely don't yes. understand it. So I have that's a actually slide. I have my mom's slide rule. I don't understand. Well, there, slide uh, for all, all intents and purposes, I think structurally, if one's artificial intelligence, the other one is. So I guess what we're doing with those is we're we're offloading a a construct like a mental construct to accomplish something to do something we're an idea and we're physically building it into something i think it's easier to look at a like a calculator and say it's artificial intelligence because it's more like your smartphone it is a computer in the modern sense it feels kind of mystical it's doing things at like a really low like subatomic level but an abacus is i think an abacus is the same as a calculator well so it feels like this is where it overlaps with like the idea of design thinking, right? Like you yeah. are putting consideration into the device in front of you uh, for a purpose, right? And that means that you, you're taking that consideration and you're embodying it in such a way that you can put it in front of other people without you having to be there and go, yo, this is, if you do this and then this and then this and then this. So back it up to this. Uh-huh. Fingers, counting on your fingers, uh, so th- this is, this is an interesting one. I, I man, I really like this process. So <laughs> counting on your floating another process. Well, counting on your fingers starts to take you to a really weird place because <laughs> you're right. It all of a sudden you've got, you've got the, you've the concept of the abacus 
you've just like moved it to your hands kind of like the the mechanism of it but your fingers are also part of your body but also at the same point like are they <laughs> well that's that <laughs> like, was gonna say like my the mind. thing i want to say that's fair that, that's like we have to back away from right away because you're towing the edge of the abyss let's not go into the abyss quite yet but counting fingers this relates to something you said last week too which is like is 10 an optimized number of digits or just completely a fluke right so is that intelligence is that some inherited universal intelligence or just a complete fluke that has crafted the way that we deal with math as a representation of the universe. I really, those are three really great examples to go to like the modern calculator, the abacus, and then your fingers. I used to count on my fingers inside my desk, like in the little cubby hole in my desk in like third grade. Cause you were told not to count on your fingers, which uh, I kind of okay. get that argument, but also kind of go fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly. Like it's like when they used to tell us not to calculators, right? You won't always have a calculator within arm's reach in 17 directions. Right. That's what they always said. I literally have one, two, <laughs> I have three, four, at least. four. I have at least six calculators within four steps of me right now. <laughs> it's, it's a funny argument, though, right? Like they're Not trying literal to teach calculators, you. They're people. trying to teach you. Right. Well, one I'm of talking them is. about some phones and a watch and a, you know. But I was going to say, the crazy nine. thing about that is those calculators are like... What I could use my phone to solve is literally everything they teach you in the entirety of a math doctoral degree. Like, you could study math for your whole life to be the most advanced at math ever. <laughs> and the ability of your phone to, to do that, like, it's, it's, you could run Mathematica on your phone, is what I'm saying. Like, it's not just a calculator. It's a math engine. Computers are just math engines. Math is math is another interesting piece of this that we'll probably get to more. So it's interest. It's good that we got to that right away, kind of by accident in the beginning, because math is behind all of this, right. right? So a step past calculators, you've got. I f I feel like computers. I think things subtly shift. It's not like it's black and white exactly, which I think is also a point that you bring up a lot. Um, a place <laughs> I go to do math. I would say probably more so than anywhere else these days is I just type math questions or math equations into Google and hit enter and it does math for me. I convert, I convert units all the time there. I go from like ounces to pounds and stuff when I'm cooking or measuring things. I do simple math equations in there. What's 400 divided by seven, right? It'll, it'll give you those answers. It'll convert units like pounds to kilograms and it'll do equations and the difference there from something that we just mentioned a second ago is it will kind of talk back to me. It will interpret. If I write O-Z versus O-U-N-C-E-S, it will interpret. It knows. I don't know really on the back end if Google's search algorithm is actually someone just programmed O-Z equals O-U-N-C-E-S, ounces equals ounces, or but it, it'll autocorrect. It'll autosuggest. It'll give not only a math equation, the answer to the math equation, but also articles about it. Like it's, there's something a little different there than my calculator, you know? And that certainly feels smarter, but I would argue that it's still no different from a calculator. All you described is a different input mechanism, right? Like on yeah. a calculator, same as an abacus, you can only use the beans you can flick on a calculator. Mm -hmm. You can only execute the limited subset of math commands provided to you by the keyboard in front of you right um 
what you just described is a place where you just go to the box and you say, do this thing, right? Because one step past that is Siri, and you can just ask Siri to, to do so math. You can just speak your request to that's Siri. That's a good next one. The input mechanism has changed in that you just type out the thought in your brain of what you're seeking. Mm-hmm. It interprets that it's math, and it does the calculations for you. So is it – why does that seem smarter? Just because it's more complicated? That's You said an interesting thing there. It interprets that it was math. My calculator only takes math. I can't search my calculator to also find, like, articles on uh, rock climbing in San Diego. So Google has to also make a decision and say, the things you just typed into my little box on the screen, I think this is a math equation. Let me solve it for you. And so, so that's a piece of it. But so what you're talking about is, I mean, there's two things there when you're talking about Google, which is one, it learned or it became smarter in the sense that it can take your sort of vague nebulous input and interpret what it means. And then it can do the math problem contained therein. You know, there's an interesting uh, YouTube video sensation uh, called, uh, like, if if Google was a person, something like that. Is that what it's called? Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. It's like, there are like five or six of them. They're hysterical to watch. It's just this, this like, uh, normal-looking office worker dude guy sitting at a desk, and the sign on the door says, like, Google, right? And the And people come into his office and ask him for things, and it really demonstrates how bizarre... Uh, and how like impressive it is that a search engine can respond to stuff because you get a lot of questions people come in and ask like weird things and you that person behind the desk has to interpret what you were just asking what are they looking for what should i give them based on the vague question they posed or the vague terms they put into the search box so um well, what I, I'm what not, I think is interesting is that that still contains a calculator right so if you're chasing down the rabbit hole of doing math like we've conquered math to the point, this is the point I was making about your phone. Like we've conquered yeah. math as a problem. That's tough to offload. Cause you got to learn how to do it Yeah. to the point that we're like, math is boring. Let's start fixing how people tell the device to do that math because yeah. it's, it's like, you don't have to do integrals anymore, but you do still have to know how to tell a TI 8092. That's the one that does integrals, right? Uh, uh, I think my 89 does integrals. Yeah, 89 Who knows? Does, I don't really sure. know. I think 83 does. Anyway, <laughs> I should. Um, calculus. So, you still need to know you. how to ask it to do calculus, and that takes some learning. Yeah. Now you can just shout an integral at it, and it'll solve it for you. Can you? Probably. I've never tried to do complex math with my phone. I mean, Here, let's Siri, try it right now. Siri is hooked up to Wolfram Alpha, which is Mathematica, so I assume let's that it try, Let's try this real quick and see what happens, and see if we can get it on tape. Siri integrate x over two let me check on that all right here's what i got say it it did it pulled up it pulled up calculations and charts and graphs that didn't feel you know what was interesting the fact that she didn't say the answer to me makes me made me feel like she was less intelligent my brain went to oh she just pulled this from a website which it actually looks like mathematica it is it's wolfram alpha you can the logos at the bottom mathematica for sure and like she did she just did it right she just i asked her a math question integrate x over two and the equations on here the answers on here a 3d plots on here a contour plot but it doesn't feel like she did it 
to well, me. Well, because without the ability, this is why they say if you really want to learn a topic, teach it. Right. Because it, she, there's no understanding from Siri. Understanding is an interesting word. And the second I said it, it I was like, it's fuck, a, bad word. No, uh, it's, it's go with it, though. She she can't say back to you what the answer is. She doesn't actually know what an integral is. She just recognized the request, ran it through Mathematica, which is Wolfram Alpha's like mathematics right. engine, and then showed what Mathematica spit back. But she, doesn't, she can't articulate the answer to the question like a person could. Siri, what is an integral? Here is what I found. Read it. You can tell <laughs> she her pulled to up read a me. satellite whose uh, <laughs> like acronym is integral. Um, well, that's an in- that brings up an interesting thing here, I guess. Right? Like, what she? J- I I would have a hard time arguing that she didn't just do an integral, right? I asked her the question. She pulled up the answer. Like, as far as as far as anyone's concerned, she just got a hundred on the test, right? Right. Um, so once it can interpret you speaking, it can now do a thing that was otherwise reserved for mostly humans or animals that understand commands. So now like we're towing this line, I think in terms of what we would consider to be, I don't want to call it artificial intelligence. I want to say the smartest of the devices we have available to us now, which I think arguably would be Google is closer and closer to seeming to be able to do things that were otherwise reserved for humans. Understanding what some poorly spoken doofus said to you and being able to answer the question, is just a really hard thing to do. Like you have to listen, you have to fill in all kinds of blanks, you have to then fill in cognitive blanks, you then have to process to find the answer and so it seems to be doing a really complicated thing it's also an interesting thing because our calculators this is a subtle point but i think it's important our calculators uh have like right and wrong answers if you type in two plus two and your calculator says five it's broken it didn't calculate right uh it's not a calculator right google (laughs) is doing interpretation on things that don't have right answers like when I pose a question, a lot of people type questions into Google. Um, they'll say like, uh, what's, what's the healthiest fruit to eat, right? That's not really an answerable question. And I don't mean that in the normal sense where we argue about like health and nutrition, but like it's abstract. It doesn't know, it doesn't know your intention. The only truth is internal there. Like you kind of knew your intention and your words were an abstraction of the concept you're trying to figure out. And Google has to guess at like this other creature's intention behind something that it typed in, which is very, very different than two plus two and hitting equal. It's a different type of problem. And so following up from the calculator, like what Siri is doing when you ask about that fractal that feels smart is that you were able to just say, or not fractal, the, uh, the integral, when you just asked it to integrate whatever, and then it gave you an answer, it is able to do the human-like thing of interpreting your speech and your meaning and the intent of your question. 
the the thing about Siri from if you look at this from an actual like uh, computer science perspective, the amazing thing about what we just did with Siri is not really that she looked up how well. One that I'm referring to as a she is is weird. There's like this. We've got these layers of interesting things happening. Right? There's a voice on it. it. But the really hard. It feels weird to say it. The the really impressive thing that she did is interpret uh, Siri integrate X over two and can differentiate that from blah, 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 blah. Like she's understanding speech, which takes decades for humans to do. And the reason that that makes this whole conversation suddenly like squirrely is because that's a thing. You're right. You have to get to a certain age before you can even do that. It takes years of development of the human computer before we even have the capacity to understand speech on that level of complexity. Right. And so that makes her appear to be smart. But what I'm chasing with this is she's still just essentially running a decision tree. Right. Like there's still just a program in a box somewhere that is Siri. And if you spit in any number of complex inputs, these things will come out the other side. Well, I'm seeing where I think we're both going here a little bit um, by accident. And I, I, I agree with you. Like a series, the first thing we've talked about here on this list that I think uh, if you look up like modern or if you look up an article like what is artificial intelligence, where is it in your life? People are going to bring up Siri. Siri's a hot, a hot one. Your smartphone. Alexa. There's a lot of stuff like that. Alexa. Let's see how many things um, we can say to set off people's smart devices. <laughs> Alexa. <laughs> Alexa. Google okay. Order Google. me a pizza. <laughs> Alexa, set an alarm for 4.30 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> um, that was rude and we shouldn't have been doing it. Play big booty hoes. <laughs> um, the... Siri's still, she's still not like doing things on her own. We're still making her do things. Siri's not waking up in the middle of the night and say, hey man, do you want to know what the integral of X over two is? I was just thinking about it. Well, and that seems to go to what you, what, what, what we're starting to say and then backed away from, which earlier, which was, um, she doesn't understand what you're asking, like she doesn't actually, she doesn't go, oh, that's an integral. It's associated with all these other things that I learned about in math class. And so here's the thing that I have to do. Like there's not an awareness of solving an integral. It's just, oh, I got the integral tag. I run this decision tree. I spit out this answer on the other side. If you ask her to explain what an integral is to you, she'd send you to Wikipedia. She does kind of know those things, though. There's series doing more than that's what I think is tree. fascinating because what's and, but, knowledge? and so she does. She does know those things are associated when she searches when her computer. I mean, series running on computers, right? Like right. just to be because that that probably is abstract um, to people sometimes when they interact with her. Like she's just she's probably running on lots of computers. It's a it's a difficult process. It's very complex software. It's lots of black box stuff, but she's essentially running on a computer. She's running on the same things your calculator runs on the same things your cell phone runs on. Um, and she kind of does have that knowledge though, like to get to that result, to have pulled up Wolfram alpha, she had to have had context for what I just said. Not only did she have to have context for like the sound of my voice and identifying words, which is the part you kind of gloss over, but there's context for that topic. 
like she looked stuff up and in in like databases in neural networks and however she's running like there's context to everything and so she does have that context maybe she just hasn't learned to speak yet children know things before they can say words because you can sign with them right well so it's funny that you said no things though right so is knowledge knowledge is part of intelligence but it's not earlier you were saying uh can you have intelligence without memory yeah right so knowledge knowledge is essentially just the like collected synthesized information stored in memory right i mean if you say someone is knowledgeable you just mean they know a lot of shit just means they have put on their hard drive a whole bunch of extra stuff, yeah. processes, I mean, a, a, facts, whatever. A modern computer. I'm trying to. This is an interesting, interesting question because like, Google uh, know the answers to things. It certainly gets you to them. You could definitely argue that. I think you could argue that any storage of information like a database or an Excel spreadsheet or a, a book, it does. It knows this stuff. It just doesn't know how to communicate it. Or maybe it doesn't, there are layers to it. It doesn't necessarily know how to think about it or it doesn't know how to synthesize something new. But a book knows stuff. The dictionary, you could argue that the dictionary knows the definition of words. Like this book knows it. It's in there. It is, it is the book and the book has that information. It can't speak. It can't talk to me about it. The... The part that I'm trying to get you ready for and that's going to sustain my excitement through the entirety of the remaining parts of this series on artificial intelligence is trying to wrap your head, like, to make peace with the future that is coming within the next 20 to 50 years, you have to think about this stuff. The people that I talk to about my philosophy degree that are, like, that say things to me like, oh, I couldn't handle that. Like, what they mean is that stuff is so far out there to conceptualize and know how to deal with and know what to do with your life, like the morning after you talk about it, that they were like, I I don't, I just don't enjoy it. (laughs) I love that shit. But, like, we, artificial intelligence is about to force us to start to have to grapple with things like what does it mean to have knowledge? Like, because Google already knows more than anyone will ever know. So do we still, should we still push people to have knowledge? Mm -hmm. Because like, what, what good is it that I know a bunch of random ass facts? Is that a waste of my brain computer, which is still wildly more powerful than Google? You could definitely argue that it's less valuable than it was 10 years ago. 10 years ago, if you knew tons of facts, you were really great at trivia. You were great to have around if I had a question about a topic you were knowledgeable on now. I don't care anymore. To put those facts in other people? In fact, we're to to the point where if I have my phone and you tell me a fact, I automatically say, "Mm, quiet for a second. Let me look up the fact you just told me to make sure that it was right. I'm a jackass too, and I (laughs) I know that. But knowing the facts is only so this is an interesting like crutch for us to try to figure out the next step here with this conversation is knowing the fact there's still there's a stark separation between conceptualizing something creating something having an idea having a conversation around it and knowing the fact right i still go before i want to have a conversation about a topic that we're doing a podcast on i go like look up facts i also look up other people's ideas 
And so I'm like, I'm loading up with something. I'm loading up my memory with things that allow me to then do something else on top of them that allow me to like come up with new ideas. Right. Well, so what you're, it's it's synthesis, right? Like you're taking in these other ideas and these other understandings. But so then that's that idea of, of knowledge versus understanding, right? Because I think one of the funny things that's been, that this podcast has been, I think more so for you than me, an exercise in is... Mm -hmm. Dropping the fact that knowledge is important Mm -hmm. versus understanding, right? You can't rattle off the facts about how a quantum computer works, but you understand what it's doing and what it means for the world. But the fact that you can't, but we grew up in a time and an education system where actually being able to spit back those stats was how you got a good grade. I feel so like you we... feel bad when you can't do it, even though what I'm sitting here going is, is saying, it doesn't matter. What does it mean? And we you're grew feeling up... bad. Like, I think why? we grew up a in waste. a time, too, when the people teaching us were still from a world where you could know everything. I guess I don't mean everything, but like if you took a topic 50 years ago, which is like when our teachers were kids, um, you could still like know everything in an area and understand everything and like you could read books and be an expert like if you look back at um i I don't remember this article explicitly but it was talking about like thomas jefferson or something and or benjamin franklin it was like for all intents and purposes that person knew everything at the time like maybe not every abstract idea but every fact that we knew well it gets us back i think to it's the same old engineering you know, fucking stereotype, but like, it's a, it's a problem of connectivity. Like, yeah, you can't know anything anymore. So little at the time that you could know everything within the sphere of their connectivity. Right. Like you could know it and you could teach it to other people. And, and we grew up at a time where like when we were in grade school through high school and even college, I'd say, you could still know everything there was to know. You had to read 50 textbooks, but that's what PhDs do. They read all 50 textbooks and then they write another textbook. And if your textbook is good enough, you get to call yourself a doctor of that thing. That would be a really interesting analysis to look at the change in like specificity or the granularity of uh knowledge as doctoral theses yeah Yeah. that'd be a really interesting i don't know how you'd analyze that maybe maybe like length of titles complexity of words number of syllables in title like but there's there's this um i'm certain if if that were an analysis we could do right now that you would see this amazing stratification of the topic of knowledge and that's really what theses are right Right. it's knowledge going down well it's 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 sort of what you were saying, right, about what you can, and this is back to that understanding versus knowledge thing. Like, to write a thesis, it's supposed to be a new idea, which means you had to consume a certain amount of knowledge about your subject, internalize it, understand it, and use it to synthesize a new idea, um, which takes a lot of time, and it's super complicated. <laughs> and right now, it seems like it still requires a human. But here's... But what's interesting is that sphere in which you can – so, like, the fact that you go to granularity, right, is what you want to chase when you say study granularity is you want to take a look at are people's theses getting more specific because you just can't know everything about genetics anymore. So instead you chase a single gene where you can get 
you can spend your whole life getting all the knowledge you can about just that gene so that you can synthesize a theory about <laughs> blah, blah, blah related to just that gene. But like you have to let some of the broader stuff fall away that used to be required for a genetics thesis because you just can't hold it all in your sphere of knowledge. But like it, it still relates to that same thing, right? Like there is some finite amount of human understanding that you can force into a cognitive system that is your 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 brain otherwise you just have to ignore other things right but so what's interesting is we broadened the sphere of communication so much that what you could possibly know is now essentially infinite like you could know anything you wanted to know about anything and so the first thing we did is increase access to all of that knowledge and now we're having a problem where it's it's accessible, but it's not usable. And There's so, too much of it. Yeah. Right. And so so now it's sort of a funny question because, like, do you teach kids to, like, are they, like, we should ask friends of ours that are teachers, but are they there like they did to us with calculators saying, you can't use Google, though, because Google won't be around, you know, when you need it. <laughs> Or, or are they just saying, yeah, Google that shit up? <laughs> Real specific. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a middle ground on that one, which is just having the respect of the child to explain to them why you don't want them to use the calculator in that moment. Right. right. That's Yeah, exactly. Which is, is one of those things where I'm like, and I think about the possibility of having children, and I'm just like, how do you know? It, it relates to the profanity question. You just can't have that kind of patience all Which the time. Which is just like, well, on one hand, yeah, you can't. Sometimes you just have to say, fuck you, don't use your calculator. You <laughs> like, I feel like this is maybe a good place to kind of start wrapping it up because we're back to that sort of engineering thing, right? Like what we were chasing all of first season, whether we knew it or not, was this interconnectedness, right? And by connecting everything, you've connected the knowledge of mm -hmm. the whole system and now we don't know what to do with it. And so yeah. where we are, what we have caught up to today in terms of what we would consider to be AI is a system that, like we were just describing with Siri, can do a certain piece of interpreting in order to make it easier to access all of this knowledge. But, like, you wouldn't say that it understands the knowledge. Yeah, it's interesting because we touched on this for sure as we were talking Siri's definitely doing some really crazy stuff like the vocal rec voice recognition, but that's not actually its purpose. Like Siri doesn't exist to recognize my voice. We just had to solve that to make it useful. So you can almost disregard that at the moment. We can right. talk about that later in the next episodes here on this, but the fun the function that she's trying to serve, like answering questions and uh, basically that, right? Like answering questions, doing things for you. She's kind of doing, but she's also, like you said, really just accessing data for you. She's kind of just a mem. She's, she's a librarian, but without any suggestions. She doesn't say, is this the, oh, you wanted this topic. Here's some others that are related. She's just like, eh, here's kind of the thing I pulled up out of a file somewhere. Here's some other things that I can kind of, that I, th that I think are related, but it's not really based yeah. on an understanding it's more based on like this keyword analysis like it's still in the sense of a comparison to a real librarian it's just sort of a blunt tool right and it's this tool that we're like fiercely building and improving because humans want we have this need to solve this problem and the the first wave was connect everything because everything's got to be connected right i mean you got it's got to be connected there's no one like there's no that's what i think gets us back to that place of like to get us to that, that moral 
the the mission that we're chasing, right? Which is like, how do you deal with the future that technology is bringing around? I think what you have to understand is that piece where like, why did we want everything connected? We, we, it, we just did. We just, just were like, it has to happen. It, it, we didn't even necessarily say it has to happen. A lot of people said these things serve no purpose. There is no use for a computer in your home. Only dorks were networking their computers. Right. Only, and people were losers for hanging out and playing with their computer. And now the entire world's population stares at their phone all day long. So, like, there's clearly something really magical going on with this stuff. I was listening to a, a TED TED Radio Hour earlier with a lady who's a talk about granularity. She's a a, a cyborg anthropologist, and so she studies uh, the concept of of this progression as we we change from being human into this other thing. And she was talking about a lot of the same stuff we were just talking about, but. Um, she called phones like she called them magic portals. She's like, I just talk about them. They're magic portals into another time. I mean, you're crossing time zones. You're hearing messages from people that they left weeks ago. They're time portals. They're information portals. They're geographic portals. I mean, the internet and this connectivity is uh, we've, we're, we're trivializing some of this stuff and saying right. like Siri sucks at what she does, but it's freaking mind blowing that she right. even does the things that she does now. But then what she's doing is really just trying to help us, like, she's a tool for trying to negotiate what we accidentally manifest by connecting everything, right? And there's no reason to think that we're not going to keep chasing that tool. So I think to pimp the next part, what we're going to get into is what is really cool that's happened that relates to that quantum computing episode we talked about before is... And I think we talked about it some in an episode where we were talking about uh, like uh, uh, machines playing Go, the game Go. Yeah, we've touched on like actual like modern right. kind of machine learning topics so a little bit. So the next bit. chunk that I want to get into in the next episode, I think, is what's happened recently that makes this such a sincere conversation. Because it still feels like a giant leap between Siri and Alexa mm-hmm. and this world where it's like... This thing exists that you can't even get your head around and Terminators and super intelligence and uh, the Borg and <laughs> like it still feels really far apart. So I think when we say that it's coming, you need to start figuring out what your meditation practice is going to be for when the singularity happens, because it's not it's going to it's like. See what I'm saying? It's going to become this deeply philosophical conversation, and no one is ready for it. By by the nature in which podcasts are delivered through smartphones and computers, there is definitely no one listening to this podcast who doesn't already appreciate the fact that we are absolutely flooded and overwhelmed by digital devices that are reaching out to us to interact with them. They are pinging us constantly and ringing and dinging and pushing information to us. They are calling our names constantly. Like we are, the floodgates have opened and it's, it's, it's important that we recognize it as such and pay attention to it. And I, I say this deliberately with a lot of energy here and, and, and emphasis I'm trying not to pass judgment on it, but it is, it's, I'm excited, but I'm also I don't terrified. Think it matters to pass judgment because it's happening. That's, this is what the first season was about for me, which is it's happening. Don't it's happening. to try to say it shouldn't happen. It's just, it's just ignorant. 
I, th- I think, because as much as we can talk about the morality of the implications of artificial intelligence and blah, 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 like North Korea still exists. It's going to be an arms race to this kind of stuff because people think it's important. You can't just sit down and be like, well, all the smart people think this, the, this progression across technology and communication and all of that. I'm gesticulating wildly right now. No one can see it. And that just kind of, <laughs> that's just kind of bummed me out. Um, I can see it, buddy. But do you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't mean to be hostile about North Korea or stupid people, right? But I mean, there are a lot of entities chasing this same stuff because they are driven by the same weird natural need to chase this technology. And they're not, it doesn't matter that Elon Musk thinks it's a bad idea. (laughs) Genie's escaped. Right. Exactly. It's a, it's a Pandora's box problem. The, The genie escaped as soon as we invented video games and, that's an interest. That's a great place to end, I think, because that's a that's actually I think a really, <laughs> a really cool so, comment. This is think, all driven by video games so and boob. Come back for part two, which may or may not be the next one after this one. Probably won't be because of our guest schedule. But stick around. Follow us on social media. It's engineering pod, and we'll Definitely. be back with number two to talk about what exactly the floodgates are and to try to help you understand like what what changed in the last few years that's only going to accelerate all of this madness oh it's going to be great and and don't forget to like us on things like facebook and itunes and stars (laughs) whatever and most importantly if you've been enjoying our podcast pass it along to some friends that listen to podcasts too because that's really how podcasts get shared and how information gets shared just keep that we're just let's just let's just make that that knowledge hole deeper sharing (laughs) is caring dig a deep knowledge hole oh good work people good work brian thanks for hanging out i'm adam um brian off to outer space we go But like, is it going to order the right toilet paper? Probably not. <laughs>